Listen, I am so glad to be here with you this morning. And uh, my name's DJ. If you're new here, um, I'm the worship pastor here. I'm on the team here. And I, I just love uh, that God is doing something in this house. I love that there's freedom and there's unity. And, and you know, when, where there's unity and where there's freedom, the devil can't reside in that space. He has, he has no authority in that space. Um, I, I, I'm glad to just be able to do this with you guys and journey this, this battle with you guys because the truth is, guys, this, the last several months has not been easy. Let's be real about it. It's been a hard several months for Vibrant Church, but look at where we're at right now. This is still a church, it's still going strong. You know, you know why? Because you, because you are faithful, because you have decided to make this family priority. And I, I just love that. So I would like to just give you honor this morning. I'm giving you honor. Thank you. Um, I'm excited. Uh, bef well, before I go any further, I need to say uh, hell state. I, <laughs> that's hard for me to do, y'all. And y'all know that my boys were playing up against your boys and... and uh, after those games, I'm not gonna lie, it made it a little bit easier to say I'm from Mississippi now. So, uh, so good ball players, man, it was good. Um, the last three weeks, we've, we've been on this journey, about three weeks ago we started this journey, Family Circus, and Pastor Mike started us off, it was amazing, uh, giving us the idea about this, this imagery that, uh, you know, it's not always, things are not always as they seem. Um, the smoke in the mirror idea, if y'all don't remember, he gave us the illusion, he gave us a trick, it was, it was great. Um, and in the charge that he gave us, the, the challenge that he gave us was to be authentic. Because here's the thing, if we can't admit where our shortcomings are, how do we allow Jesus to come into that space? And so I was super challenged by that, super grateful for that message. And then the week after, Pastor Trey brought an amazing word on priorities, the juggling act, juggling the priorities. And his ideas there were amazing. And it's really just a commandment, right? God said, love me, then love others. And if you do those two things, everything else kind of falls into place. Um, this idea of coming in third. If you could have a value statement for your life, I'm telling you, make it that. I wanna come in third. Jesus, others, then me. If you could do that, your life will be a lot different. And then pastor, we took a break in our, in our series and pastor Ethan Boggs last week came and brought the word, brought the house down. Jesus is in the house. How many of y'all were blessed by that message? Was that a good message? Uh, I was challenged in the way of this. Jesus is in this house 100%. But is Jesus in our house? Are we letting Jesus be the shepherd that guides us? Are, are we looking to Jesus as the perfect one, the perfect example? Because if we are, then vibrant church, when we all come together, it's gonna be a whole lot different looking, y'all. I believe Columbus, Mississippi and all of our surrounding areas needs a dose of Jesus. But it's gotta start in our homes. It's gotta start in our homes. It's gotta start in you individually. So I get the honor of picking back up our series and just teaching on parenting this morning. This is not going to be a preachy, preachy kind of message. This is gonna be more of a conversation I'm hoping that we could have together. Parents, now here's the thing, when I said parents, my prayer and my hope is that the rest of you in this room that aren't parents didn't feel like, well, I guess I need to walk out now because this isn't gonna to apply to me. Um, here's an idea. 
uh, as I was thinking about my favorite shows in the circus and stuff, I, I thought about the, and, and I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be really transparent. I've been to one circus in my entire life. Where I came from, we like to do rodeos. And so we, uh, I, I didn't get a lot of experience, but the one thing that I, I've always been amazed by in the circus in general, but is, is the way that trainers and lions work together. You have these beasts that could tear your face off, could rip your arms off, but, they, but they're willing to, to trust. They're willing to submit. They don't have to do that. Those animals like that could take control of that situation, right? But there's a reason, there's a reason that they are, it's because of trust. It's because that trainer is providing a sense of security. That, that trainer is providing, probably providing the food to them as well. So I, I'm gonna be honest, I don't have a lot of experience with tigers and lions and, and, uh, and I'm gonna, <laughs> don't, and bears, oh my. Here's the thing, um, you know, if you, if you know Texans, we're not real fond of Oklahoma. Like we, we don't like Oklahoma that much. And there was this guy who came out of Oklahoma who knew a lot about lions and tigers. And I'm gonna be honest with you, to me, he was the epitome of Oklahoma. Do we have a picture of that guy, y'all? Yeah, there he is. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real straightforward with you guys. I don't want anything to do with that. So as I started reading the scripture and trying to look for something to be able to use, to use as an illustration and a challenge you guys and this idea of guidance and parenting, I started thinking about there's really, really the best, the best thing I could find is being a shepherd. The, sh- the, the relationship between shepherds and sheep. And so this morning, my goal and my heart is to just preach to you a titled message of this. Let's uh, lead as a shepherd, leading as a shepherd. I wanna preface this before we go further to say, like I said before, if you are not a parent, this is a parent message, but if you're not a parent, this will still apply to you. Because here's the thing, we need shepherds in our home, we also need shepherds in the church. And there's a challenge that I'm gonna make to you today. If, if you're from me, that even that concept feels weird because you're thinking, well, DJ, I don't think it's my job to be the shepherd. I'm, if you grew up in the Pentecostal kind of world or the old school, we called the pastor shepherds and you were called the, you were called the flock, the sheep. And, and I think it's pastoral malpractice for us to allow that to be the case. Because here's the thing, you all have a part to play. And here's here's where the sheep is. The sheep is out there. The sheep is out yonder. The sheep needs to be brought back into the pastures where they could find the living word, the living truth. They could find rest. And we all have a part to play in that. So I believe that my challenge today is let's be shepherds. Let's be shepherds in our home first. If you're a parent, let's be a shepherd in the home first. Don't try to shepherd other people's families if you can't shepherd your own home. But if you're not a parent, my challenge is that you will think of about four or five or 10 people out there that you could think of that you're friends with, you go to school with, you go to work with. Maybe it's the, it's the wait, waitress or the waiter at the grill. Maybe it's, maybe it's the, check, the, the cashier at Walmart. Maybe it's your nurse, maybe it's your practitioner. But somebody, somebody needs, they feel alone. Somebody feels by themselves. Somebody feels scared. Somebody feels 
like they're at their wit's end and they need somebody. They need an extension of the kingdom of God. And I believe that you are that person, family. I believe that you are that person. So if you're like me, you wanna have job descriptions. You wanna know exactly what it is that you are required to do and what's been asked of you. Is that, am I the only one? Listen, I want clarity. I wanna know where my boundaries are, where my lines are. And so I, I, was, I was looking in the scripture and, and I thought about this idea that you know, we had the perfect shepherd in Jesus, the good one. And I love this imagery that he came off of his throne in heaven. The king of heaven comes off his throne and he steps out into the field to be among the sheep, to step in all the sheep poop, you know? See, our lives, he knew how messy our lives would be. He knew exactly what he was stepping into, but how could he be uh, a good shepherd if he doesn't know what the sheep are dealing with? How could he be a good shepherd if he stays up on his throne and just looking? Does that make sense? So I felt like the best way that we could find our description, our job description this morning is look into the word and, and really Psalms 23 is the perfect passage to tell you exactly how to be a shepherd. Um, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna take Psalms 23, we're gonna have the first four verses. Each verse today is gonna be a point and each point is gonna have an application because my goal and my hope is that you will walk out of here today with something that you could take home, that you could study with your family, that you could study with your friends, an applicate, a resource, so be it. So let's go, y'all ready? ready? All right. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the first thing that we see in verse one is we see that shepherds provide. 23, one again says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And my emphasis I'm gonna add is not one single thing. See, there's several ways, parents, that you can provide for your kids. Immediately, I think we start thinking about the, the monetary ways. We start thinking about the material ways. But here's the thing, your kids need way more than that. Your kids need you to provide time to them. Your kids need you to provide a safe place for them to make mistakes. Your kids need you to provide examples. And your kids just need to know that mom and dad think enough of me that they would put whatever they might have going aside and listen. Your kids just need a friend. Now, now don't take that too far because we need parents. We don't need friends. But, but giving them a, an opportunity to, to not just be that guidance in their life, but you allow them to speak a little bit into your life at times. Listen, some of the best wisdom I have received and the best encouragement I have received has been from my nine-year-old daughter. I'm telling you, I could feel like my day was full of mistakes. I could feel like my day was full of mistakes and I walk into the house and she comes up and jumps up in my arms and reminds me that really all those mistakes didn't matter because I've got her loving on me. That is so important that we provide that. But here's the, the deal that I, I, I think our challenge is this morning is that though we could 
though we could provide these, these, these areas of safety and those things, um, even in the monetary way, I think it's important for us to provide stewardship and, and, and uh, lessons on stewardship, lessons on kingdom purpose. Um, here, here's the thing is that Jehovah Jireh is a provider. Jehovah Jireh just simply means the Lord will provide. It doesn't mean he might provide, it means he will provide. And giving our kids this understanding that, hey, no matter what you want or no matter what you're going through, it's not you, it's not your strength, it's not your energy that's gonna bring it, it's Jesus that does it. It's Jesus. And so I think that it's, uh, it's hard because here's the thing, I'm, I'm an I'm a advocate for work hard and play hard. I'm an, I love to work hard and I'm not promoting laziness, but what I'm simply promoting is that we would push our kids to this idea to find their purpose, to find what is their kingdom purpose because no monetary, no possession, no earthly possession will replace the happiness and the contentment and the joy that they will receive from knowing that they're walking in the purpose that God has given them. And here's my point in this. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says this. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. This passage is just showing us that the Lord already knows our needs. And in verse 33, it's just diving a little bit deeper and saying, but seek him first. Seek his desires first. Because here's the thing, if you seek him first, his desires for your heart might change and all of a sudden your desires change. Does that make sense? So here's, here's our first application this morning. Provide an atmosphere that encourages them to seek out God's perfect purpose in their life. Teach your kids to pursue his purpose for them and they will always, always walk in a place of joy and contentment. Is that helpful? Point number two is that shepherds discipline. That's our second thing here. Psalms 23, two says that he leads me here, I'm sorry, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. So this idea is super interesting to me. As I was studying into this, this word makes is by force. Now, how does a good shepherd, and you think about this, makes me, what does that mean? What does it mean to make me do something by force? Why? What does he do? So I started looking into this and back in the Jewish culture, when this was written, back in the Jewish culture, what was going on is this. You have... You've heard the, the idea, I'm gonna kind of back up a little. You heard the idea, 99 go to the one. He leaves the 99, he goes to the one. And this is a principle of lost sheep, right? Well, sheep would leave, they would wander off. And, and I, I don't have a lot of experience with sheep, so I'm not gonna try to say I do. But I grew up on a cattle ranch and I have a lot of experience with cows getting out. And I had this time one time where we had about four or five cows in, a, in, a, in an area that was um, really in the middle of the city. And my grandpa, he's like, I think we should put two or three cows over here. Let them, we got about three acres out there. And those cows got out. I was 11 years old, responsible for these three cows. And those cows got out and they were running all in the middle of the main streets. And I had to try to bring them all back in and push them all back to where they went. But cows will wander off. If they have an opportunity to get out, they're gonna get out because they wanna go find some greener grass. 
they're not, they're not, they, these cows, they had, they had no idea that there was cars out there that could potentially hit them, that there was danger. Sheep, when they wandered off, they had no idea that there was lion, tigers, and bears, oh my, out there. They had no idea that there was things out there that could hurt them. But the shepherd did. The shepherd knew that. And so he would leave those things. He would leave his sheep. He would go find the sheep. He would bring that sheep back and break its leg. He'd break its leg. He would throw the sheep back over his shoulders and haul him back to the pasture, haul him back to the rest of the flock. I'm not encouraging you this morning as the shepherd of your home to go break your kids' legs. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that there is maybe some spiritual things, maybe some sin, maybe some darkness, maybe some things have creeped in that you need to break off your kids' lives. And you have the spiritual authority to do that. Listen, we should not, our kids don't know all the time what they're getting into. Our kids are curious, they don't know. It is our responsibility as the shepherds of our home to break them out of these things. It's our responsibility. Now here's the other side of this. If I'm disciplining my kid and my child, which, which I do, I believe in discipline. I believe in firm discipline. But if I'm disciplining my child, what I can't do is just go give them a spanking. And if you don't believe in spankings, I'm sorry. But I can't just go give them a spanking or I can't just go ground them or take their phones away and leave and be done with it. I've, I've got to explain the why. I've got to sit down with them and, and not just tell them what they did wrong, but tell them why we're going through this process. Try to do some discovery myself and find out why is it that they did that in the first place? So what does that mean? Well, the shepherd was responsible to carry the weight of that lost sheep, that broken leg, that discipline. He was responsible to carry it on his shoulders. And this morning, my challenge is, is that we get responsible to carry the weight of discipline on our shoulders. And here's the thing, we have to, the, the, the idea from that was that the shepherd would have to literally pick that sheep up and move it from place to place to place when they rotated pastors. So when you, when you discipline your kids, do it in a way that's discipleship. Right. Doing it in a way that's walking with them. Now, I know a while ago I told you guys that this was, I hope there would be some application here for you if you didn't have kids. Here's what I want you to do. Anytime I talk about kids, replace it with, friend or that neighbor or that person, okay? So that's the way we'll kind of keep that connected. Uh, so listen, discipline is strictly discipleship. Really, it's what discipleship should look like. We should be disciplining, disciplining in the mindset of discipleship. So that is our second application, is discipline with the mindset of a discipleship. Discipline your kids in a healthy way will produce accountability, trust, boundaries, and overall good. And walking this out and being intentional with it is spiritual discipleship. You will reap a harvest and so will your kids. Check this out. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Yes. Don't you want your kids to be able to live in peace? Yes, now, the third uh, point today is that shepherds guide they guide, they don't drive. Um, I talked to you earlier about cattle. And, it, and my grandma, she had this magic way of her, she, she would just take a bucket out, only person I've ever been able to see do this, take a bucket out with some sweet feed, and the cows would just come right along behind her. 
right into the trailer or when we were separating. But here's, here's the crazy thing. I've never seen that happen. I've never been able to do that. Typically with cows, you get behind them and you push them. You drive them where you want them to go. But the difference between the cowboy and the shepherd is shepherds lead, they guide, they're ahead. So in this, when, with your children, uh, my challenge is on this is that I, I don't wanna just tell my kids to do something because I told them to do it. And I'm telling you, that line has come out of my mouth way too much. Stop arguing with me, girl. Do it because I said to do it. I'm daddy. Do it because I said, right? But really, my, my, my desire should be to live it out in front of them. If I'm telling my girls that they should walk in humility, that I should do my best to walk in humility with them. If I want my kids to be humble and I want my kids to repent and I want my kids to be transparent and I, I should expect to do the same. So one of the ways that we can model that with our children is when you do something that you know is absolutely not right or fair with your kids, you get a little feeling like, man, I mean, if you're like me, you get a little bit of a, ah, I messed up on that one. Well, go to them and submit yourself and humble yourself and set them down and say, hey, I'm sorry. Daddy, daddy or mama messed up. When we do that, we get to lead them to repentance. Listen to Ephesians 4, 32. It says, lead them to repentance. Be kind and compassionate, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God, your father forgave you. So don't do because I say, do because I do. That's our motto right there, right? So application three uh, is this. Allow Jesus to guide you while you guide your family. Because here's the thing, you may not have a lot. Let me say this. I wanna make sure I say this right for you. Um, you may not have all the knowledge or all the wisdom or all the information. I know I certainly don't. But you shouldn't wear the pressure of trying to be perfect. You should just lean into the perfect one. Does that make sense? Let, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's right there for you guys. You do not have to figure it all out. You don't have to be the perfect parent. You don't have to be the perfect shepherd. You just need to look to the perfect shepherd. Let him be your role model. Let him be your example. And if you do that, I promise you, I promise you, he will give you all, he, Jesus, will give you all the grace you need to sustain. All right. I'm kind of trying to fly through these things, so it, hopefully this isn't too much for you guys. Everybody okay? Y'all still with me? I know we have a lot of fun things out there to do, but the last point is this, shepherds protect. Psalms 23, four says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Shepherds protect their sheep by being the gate. See, as I uh, started looking into this more in the Jewish culture, they would build a pen, so to speak, out of rocks and boulders, and they'd put thorns and things on bristles on top, but they didn't put a, so, so that, so that nothing could get in and hurt the sheep, none of the predators could get in, but they didn't put a gate in. And for me, like back in my house, I, I, 
in Texas, gates were necessary because it kept people from coming in that I didn't really wanna come in and it kept our animals from going out. And so I was like, well, why would they not put a gate on it? And this is it, this is the reason. Because the shepherd did not trust a mechanical thing, a material thing to be the gate. He wanted to be the gate. So they didn't put a gate on because the shepherd himself stood at the gatepost with his rod and his staff and he created the barrier. Listen, it is our responsibility as parents to be the gate of our home. Dads, I'm gonna call you out for a second. If you're in this room, it is your responsibility to be the spiritual leader and the spiritual spearhead of your home. It's not your wife's responsibility. We need more men in the church. And I'm not talking masculinity. I'm not talking, listen, I'm not getting into all that today. We need men who would humble themselves before the living God and let that living God be the strength that they can carry through, that they can go into warfare, that they can, here's what that looks like. It looks like just reading the Bible. So I'm gonna give you four in your application. This, we're gonna go real fast on this. Here's your application. We're gonna go through four different gates that I believe are the gates that, that we are being called as men. But then if the man is not in your home, first of all, I'm gonna pay, take a pause. If the man is not in your home, ladies, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you have take, had to take this responsibility because it wasn't meant for you to carry but I'm grateful that you are. And I'm grateful for spiritually strong mamas. I'm telling you this, I had a spiritually strong mama. And my, my dad had a spiritually strong mama. And I'm grateful for those mamas that pray. Mom, I, I am confident, I'm on a little tangent for a second, but I am confident that my mama's prayers kept me in the church. I am confident in that. All right, here we go. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27 unpacks four gates that I think we need to guard. So your first gate is your heart, your motives. Verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I'd like to say everything your house does flows from it. Psalms 119, 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart, Lord, that I might not sin against you. The second gate is your mouth, your words. Keep your mouth free, verse 24 says, free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. And I'd like to go a little step further and say this, there is power of life and death in your tongue some of the worst things that we could do to our kids or to anybody for that matter is tear them down with our words. Instead, why don't we encourage? Why don't we affirm? Why don't we lift them up? The third gate that I believe we have to guard is our eyes. Our eyes also represent vision. You know, what does your vision look like? What is, are, you, are you given vision to your home? Let your eyes look straight ahead, verse 25 says. Fix your gaze directly before you. I think this means this, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, don't look behind you, you look straight ahead. If you were going into battle, if you're fighting somebody, you're keeping your eye on the enemy at all times. 
The moment you take your eye off the enemy, you're vulnerable. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the one who is perfect. Keep your eyes on the cross. Keep your eyes on salvation. Keep your eyes ahead and be ready for battle. All right, gate four is your feet, your direction. Verse 26 says, give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. And verse 27 says, do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from eagle. See, I've been reminded a lot of this lately and I'm just gonna be vulnerable and real with you. This has been a hard season. The last two years has been hard. And there's been times, guys, where I've been tempted. I've not done well in some of these areas. I've been tempted to, to I've had insecurities. I've been tempted to uh, perform. I've been tempted to try to take control of situations. Hey, I, I've been tempted to mask my emotions and not be real with them. I've had those same struggles, guys, but I love it that I'm reminded in Psalms 119.11 that all I have to do is receive the word of God in my heart, hide his word in my heart, and then I have some defense. There's a war that's going on, y'all. And I know I don't have to tell you this, but listen, Romans 8 spells it out. There's a war that's going on against the nature, the sinful nature that we have and the spirit And we have to feed the spirit because we live in a sinful world. So just walking outside, just talking to somebody outside could feed that sinful nature. How many people have had some confrontational conversations this week? How many people have had something where you you walked out of that conversation, you're just like, oh man, I wanna, hmm, yeah? Or how many people from between here and there, you have, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you guys, like, like since I've been in uh, Mississippi, I'm trying to work on it now, but since I've been in Mississippi, I've gained a few pounds. I've gained a lot of pounds when I lived in Chicago because all those guys wanna do is eat carbs all the time. And here's the deal, gluttony's a real thing. And I can't get past gluttony between here and Walmart from all the fast food places that are here. Our life, just the world that we live in is a sinful, broken world. So we are constantly feeding the sinful nature. So we have to be proactive in fighting that and battling that. And this is what that looks like. If, if you can just lean into the Bible. Listen, think about this. Saltine crackers, they're sustainable while you're sick. But as soon as you get healthy, the saltine cracker is not sustainable anymore. And if you continue to just eat saltine crackers, you're gonna get sick again. Well, that's very much like you just coming to church on Sunday and trying to think that this itself is gonna feed your spirit and get you to the place where you need to be. Listen, we have a responsibility as shepherds. We cannot protect our families. We cannot be the disciples, go out and make the disciples that God has asked us to make. We cannot be shepherds if we are not diving into this word and letting the spirit man shove down the sinful nature. When we do that, man, we could change a city. We could change a state. But if we think that we could just come here on Sunday and listen to DJ or Pastor Mike or Pastor Ron or Pastor Trey, or, and even though Pastor Ethan killed it last week and I was like, let's go, I'll beat somebody up right now. 
One service, one message, one deal of worship is not gonna sustain you. That's like a saltine cracker. We gotta get some meat. We've gotta eat meat, y'all. It can't be shallow anymore. It can't be surface anymore. There's too much at risk. And this is a battle and a war that requires strength. Does that make sense? So in closing, I would challenge you in this, that my last and kind of bonus application, so to speak, is the shepherd has a rod and a staff to protect. Let the Bible be your rod and staff. Study it, put its words in your heart that you may not sin against the Lord when you have this spirit right here. Parent or not, I hope this encouraged you. I hope that as a shepherd, you would first focus on your family. If you're a parent, focus on your kids. Like I said earlier, don't try to, don't try to shepherd other people's kids or if you can't shepherd your own. Shepherd your kids. But if you don't have kids, you young guys, listen, Asher, God has called you to be a shepherd. Just because you're young doesn't mean that you don't have people, all these guys around you, they probably need some spiritual encouragement as well. You know what I'm saying? You're not too young. And the oldest person in this room is not too old. We all have a part to play in this thing, extending the kingdom of God. Will you bow your heads with me? I just want you to get a picture this morning of the good shepherd. I want you to clear your thoughts, clear your space, and just get a picture of Jesus, the shepherd. What does that face look like this morning? Is he smiling at you? Does he look concerned? Does he, does he have a look of compassion on his face towards you? How do you see Jesus right now? How are you seeing him? I feel like Jesus just wants to tell you right now that you are amazing. That you are so loved. And I think he just wants you to know he's proud of you. And that when he died for you, he knew every sin that you were gonna commit. When he died for you, he knew exactly the moment that you would turn your back on him. He knew exactly the moment that you would look to drugs or that you would look to alcohol or that you look to sex or food or even security of your own. He knew. He knew it, but he died anyway because that's how much he loved you. And this morning, I just feel like he's wanting to call you in. He's wanting to know this morning Will you accept me? Will you trust me? Will you trust me to guide you? Will you trust me to be the good shepherd that I am? Because I've got plans for you. And I know my plans for you. And they're good. 
So with nobody looking around, I just want to ask you that would you accept this freedom? Would you raise your hand and say, I accept this freedom and I want to trust Jesus. I want him to be the good shepherd. If that's you, nobody looking around, would you raise your hands this morning? See those hands. Amen. And, and I have another call here for you. I have a call that's this. It's, if you're a parent, and, and in some ways you feel guilty, maybe you feel like you failed. I, I just feel like God wants you to know that his heart is for you and he is for you. And he doesn't think you failed because it ain't over. It ain't over. Jesus loves you so much and he wants you to be free. I'm just gonna pray over you. Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you're the good shepherd. We thank you that you are the example, that you give us the strength. We thank you, Lord, that your word is living. Lord, we thank you that there is nothing that could separate us from your love. And God, I just pray for every single person who's raised their hand to make a commitment to accept you into their life. Lord, I pray that right now, they would, all they would just say is this, Jesus, I believe that you are the risen one. I believe that you are the savior of the world and I accept you into my heart. It is as simple as that. The good news in the gospel is that he has come to redeem. And there's nothing that you could do to keep him from that. Amen. I love you guys. Um, this has been just a fun thing to share with you. Um, and, and I just wanna leave one, before I, before I leave the platform, I just wanted to encourage you, leave you one more encouragement, is do not, do not turn your back. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Keep your eyes straight ahead because we are in a battle. You're in a battle in your home. I'm in a battle in my home. As a church, we're in a battle. And the only way that we're gonna survive this, guys, is by unifying, by linking forces. Because I'm telling you this, a room this size, if we link together, that's a thick braid. If you braid all of us together, that is a thick braid. And if you bond it with the Holy Spirit, come on. There's nothing that's gonna beat that. Amen. Love you guys.